Australia Explained, keeping you on top of all things down under. In this episode of Australia Explained, we celebrate our one-year anniversary, how we started, how we're going, and where we're headed next. Hello, everyone. My name is Tanya Ragusa. And I'm Vanessa DeGrazia. And welcome back to this week's episode of Australia Explained. Yeah, so as always, I just want to start with acknowledging that I'm on the lands of the Larica people. I'm up in Darwin at the moment. What about you, Tan? I'm, as per usual, back in Wurundjeri land in Melbourne. Love it. Locked down Wurundjeri land. I haven't moved. (laughs) (laughs) And today, as we said, we're doing a bit of a different episode. You know, we're celebrating that it's our one year anniversary and we're just kind of going to have a bit of fun. We think we deserved a bit of fun. Yeah, and we deserve to just chat about how we started, how we're currently going, where our podcast has gone and where we're headed next. I'd like to also introduce everyone to Liam. Liam is on board with us today. Say hello, Liam. Hi, everyone. I'm Liam. L- <laughs> Liam. We've got um, a new voice our on our re- podcast. I know. <laughs> Liam joined our team recently to help out with our audio and sound production, mm. a very valued member, we will say. Yes, um, definitely. So we've all jumped on today, our mini Australia Explained team, and we're just going to have a bit of a chat. So let's head into it. So the first thing that I want to talk about, we actually went over this in our intro episode, which is our very, very first episode. It's, I think it's seven minutes long. Um, and it's, it's a about, little mini trailer. Yeah, it's a little trailer that you can see on like the Spotify um, or Apple Music in the trailer section. And I just want to talk about how did we start this podcast? Like what are the origins of it? Let our listeners that maybe didn't hear that episode know. Wow. The origins of our podcast were actually a few text messages that you (laughs) sent me. And I've got the text messages up here. Um, And it basically started with you saying, have you ever listened to the Squiz Shortcuts podcast? Uh, We we love the Squiz. But about Australia. Yes, we do love the Squiz. If anyone hasn't listened to the Squiz, they're also an Australian podcast. They do a 10-minute daily news podcast in the morning, which is perfect for when you're getting ready. Um, But we were both big fans of their Squiz Shortcuts, which is sort of like um, their own mini episode into key issues, um, whether that's in Australia or globally. So they had a much more of a broader reach and we listened to the Squiz Shortcuts and we said, we'd love something like this that focused on key issues or things that we're hearing in the news, but specifically Australian. And sort of that's where we birthed our podcast. Yeah, and I just want to contextualise that a bit further because this was also in April of 2020. So this is when the pandemic was, you know, had just taken hold and everyone was kind of confused. Um a lot of people were paying attention to the news, they were paying attention to the government, and like a lot of people didn't understand what was being told in the news and in the policy, So, which is why we wanted this specifically Australian resource, like so people could understand Australia, like how it's built um, and its history and its laws and all of these sorts of things. So that was our motive for wanting to make it Australian. Yeah, and we spoke about in that trailer episode how – more people are becoming increasingly concerned with the news, but also 
the news that they're consuming. And we got into this whole conversation about being able to critically analyse the sources that you read and being able to distinguish between what is reliable and what might be a bit questionable. So that was also a major thing we wanted to tap into with our podcast was making sure that we're presenting sources and also critically analysing the sources we use because we often get into a bit of a debate about the sources we use to form our research and where they come from and any potential bias in that. So like you said, you messaged me in April 2020, but we didn't really take action upon it until around June, July. We sort of went off the face of the earth for a bit. You just messaged me saying, here's an idea. We both said, Yep, cool. But then we didn't really touch on it for a few months. Yeah, we kind of forgot about the idea until I think you sent me a Snapchat saying, um, are we actually going to do this podcast thing or we really need to do this podcast thing? And then we started conversation in more of a serious sense, like, okay, can we actually do this? And um, I remember at the beginning when we were thinking like, if it was a realistic thing or not, um, we were thinking about our friendship and how we're both um, – you know, we're, we're both studious, we're both interested in learning, but then, uh, and we're close friends, but we also, when we were younger, we were kind of bickering friends sometimes or like a bit competitive. <laughs> so we were like, oh, will this yeah. be, will this be good to work together? Like, are we a good match as like a work relationship? Obviously now we've realized that we totally are. Um, but that was yeah. one thing we considered too. And then we decided that, yeah, we should do this. Um, and in deliberating how we should do it, what was our first idea? Tell the listeners. It kind of sounds funny now, but. <laughs> It, it is a bit ridiculous to think about now because it would have been so difficult to implement. Um, but we were wanting to do something chronological. So we wanted to start pre-colonisation, look at First Nations communities, histories, and then take our way through Australian history and Australian politics, which when I think about it now would have been a massive task. And we're covering the scope of you know, if we're talking pre-colonisation, like 60,000 years yeah. of Australian history, and then trying to bring that to the present, looking at all these major issues, you know, taking everyone through the 20, 20th century, which was a massive century, and then into the present. It definitely, I'm glad we strayed away from that because now we have a bit more freedom in what sort of topics we want to cover, whether something relevant is happening and we jump on it. I think the podcast that we have now definitely suits the way we work and what's happening in the world too. Yeah, it definitely suits us when we're deciding what to do for episodes. Um, sometimes we try to have a bit of a plan, like for the next couple of weeks, but sometimes things will just pop up. For example, when um, the Taliban invaded Kabul and we thought, okay, we have to do an episode about Australia and Afghanistan because that's what people want to know. Or even something might happen in our personal lives that draws our attention to a certain issue and we're like, okay, let's talk about this this week. And we love that freedom because in the end, the fact that we enjoy doing this, we love doing it, is the reason why I think the podcast is good because like we love writing the episodes we love recording them and I I mean I hope that you guys can hear that um listening to it and yeah that's why I think that is a much better framework than the chronological thing because even though that would be a really awesome resource that would be so difficult yeah it, it would have been so I'm glad what we birthed has has come to light the way it has and I'll give everyone some stats. So like I said, we started initial discussions about some sort of podcast in April 2020. We undertook around, let's say, 
four or five months of planning. We got together our social strategy. We got a graphic designer to create all our um, profiles and stuff like that. And we launched our Instagram on September 23rd, 2020, in the midst of Melbourne's second lockdown. And since starting from September 2023, we have gained 1,140 Instagram followers and we've had 8,810 downloads, which I don't think we could have ever predicted that happening. And it just shows how much we've grown in a year. Still every and single most- time I see our episode numbers and I think, okay, real people with real lives actually listen to our podcast, which I know is true. But the fact just astounds me. Like people are interested and they listen and I love that. It makes me so happy. And I think what's even more surprising is initially a lot of our followers were friends and family and people who followed us on social media. But now we're starting to see that scope and that audience widen to people we don't know, people from other countries, people from other states. And it's good to see that sort of engagement. And I know, Vanessa, you've had a few stories of students you've taught uh, who have come across our podcast randomly as well. And the outreach is is quite exciting to see now. Yeah, I had a kid in um, regional Queensland come up to me and say, Miss, I saw your face on my friend's Instagram story because his friend had shared one of our reels. <laughs> and I just thought that was so random go. because I'm from Melbourne and it's so far away from home. Yeah. And some of our most popular episodes are our very first episode, Whose News Is It Anyway, about Murdoch Media and things like that, our episode on the Tasmanian genocide, and also our recent episode on conspiracy theories. So it's it's interesting to see what people tune into um, and what they like to listen to. They're some of my favourite episodes. And the conspiracies one, especially on social media, gains so much attention. Um, A lot of people that were pro-conspiracies, but it was really interesting to see this dialogue play out on our posts. Um, yeah. We actually got a lot of hate after that episode, but, you know, if the hate, haters going to hate. Haters make us famous, so. Hey, any publicity is good publicity, <laughs> and now, now we see that come to light. All right, so let's actually break down how we produce this podcast, and what our week-to-week processes look like. Yeah, I want to talk about this too because it seems like such a da- it seemed like such a daunting thing to make a podcast, and it's a lot of work, but it's totally doable. Yeah. And I'm glad that we just said, okay, let's just give it a go, even if we didn't understand everything. So hopefully by listening to this, um, you can understand that, you know, if you want to do it, it's totally in your reach. <laughs> um, but to go into the specifics, initially, or for most of it, it was just me and Tanya. Now we have Liam, which we'll talk to in a second. But um, pretty much everything from research, socials, recording, editing, um, outreach, all of that stuff was done by us two. And it was initially in the Melbourne lockdown, so we did everything over Zoom. We actually hadn't seen each other in months, and we recorded over Zoom, we organised things over Zoom, lots of phone calls, etc. Um, I still remember the first episode we recorded. Um, yeah, I remember oh. that. I remember being so nervous. And we like, were very nervous. It was very scripted, and it was an absolute disaster uh, <laughs> because, once again, as a two-person team, you're responsible for everything. And here we are trying to deal with 
audio programs and software that we had previously had no experience with. And we had recorded and I go to edit the episode and my track completely disappears because I made the mistake of not saving it prior. So that's one thing I learned from the very first episode, but my track had completely disappeared. I had Vanessa's track because she had sent it to me um, separately. So hers was saved in a file, but my track had disappeared. So what I had to do at like midnight, the night before we uploaded, was I had to play Vanessa's recording and record myself over the top so as awkward. if we were having a conversation, but really I was talking to my computer. But I don't think anyone would have noticed because I edited that episode very carefully to make sure it did sound like a dialogue and Liam's nodding his head here. Mm-hmm. That's like my worst nightmare come true. Yeah, so since that moment we've learned we have very specific ways of sending each other our audio files, making sure there's always an extra copy on our Google Drive um, in case any technological difficulties occur again. But thank God. But that just shows that. Oh, sorry, uh, do you want to continue first? No, I was just saying it just shows that. When you start something like this, you grow exponentially. And where we were a year ago, it seemed like a big task, but now we've refined all those processes. And even the way we communicate via text or our messages, we just know what each other are thinking and we automatically have roles. So Vanessa produces most of what you see on social media. She schedules a lot of our posts and I'll jump on randomly to post a story or a reel or something like that. And initially editing um, was all my responsibility. So editing the episodes, publishing the episodes, everything like that. But then it got to a point (laughs) where it did get a little bit intense. We came out of lockdown and we had to juggle this podcast amongst uni for you, Vanessa. I started a full-time job. Um, And so that's when Liam conveniently emailed us. So Liam, do you want to talk a little bit about why you approached us and why you wanted to get involved? Yeah, I had, so I had listened to the podcast like late 2020, not exactly when you started, but I got onto it pretty early and pretty much for the reasons you were saying why you started it. Like when you were talking about that, I was like, just not in my head because I was just in a rush to try and find content that was talking about Australian political, historical and cultural moments, you know, and like just that whole thing. And I wanted to know more because I was witnessing what was happening in America. I mean, the United States with the Black Lives Matter protests and the Trump presidency. And it's made me reflect on, I know nothing about Australia, you know? Mm. So I was like, I need to know more about like how First Nations people were treated and additionally, what is going on with Australian federal politics? Because I knew nothing. We're both just nodding our head. (laughs) Me and Tanya are just like, yeah. Because it's so relevant for so many people. I remember having conversations with my friends about how they actually didn't know the significance of key dates like NAIDOC week or anything like that. Yeah, definitely. Like I was the same. I I didn't know a lot and I still don't know a lot, but I know a bit more thanks to podcasts like Australia Explained. So that's, so that's one of the reasons why I was listening to it. And I kind of wanted to, like as a music producer and someone who like is trained in audio editing, 
and that kind of thing. I just wanted to transition into like more podcasts or like film, like this kind of media. And I thought um, when I was trying to reach out to people, I was like, oh, I might as well just reach out to a podcast that I really like. So I hit you guys up. You did. <laughs> Liam basically just emailed us saying, hey, I've got a bachelor in this sort of stuff. Can I help you out? And at the point, Vanessa and I were really focusing on our quality um, because we had gotten some feedback about the podcast and how we had hit a good niche, but we needed to improve our sound quality and get that consistent. So Liam sort of popped up at the right time. The perfect time. um, And helped us out. Yeah, helped us out there. So we love having Liam on board. He's made our lives a lot easier. And I think even in our first initial conversations, he was talking about all this sound quality stuff. And (laughs) And we knew nothing he was talking about. (laughs) Nothing, which proves that um, whilst we had a lot of knowledge in other things, we still needed to grow and improve um, in a lot of other facets. Yeah, and I just wanted to point out when Liam did send us that email, um, I was quick to set up a meeting between us because I was like, okay, I really want someone to help with the sound, but I want someone that's going to be a part of our team, you know, like someone that understands our vision, like what we want to do that really believes in it. Um, so then when we spoke to Liam and realized that he was exactly that, then we were ecstatic. <laughs> that was perfect. Yeah. I think Liam, you don't know this, but right after our first conversation on Zoom, you left and me and Vanessa were like, he's so cool. Like he fits in great. We, <laughs> we did. Yeah, we did. So It was really important to find someone that fit our vibe, our culture, and even the conversations we've had since um, have been really productive. So we've got a few things in the works. And actually, the theme that you heard today, which you might have noticed is a little different, is the work of Liam. So what better time to debut our new theme than with our new episode, sort of reflecting our new era of Australia Explained. The next thing we want to talk about is why do we like the podcast? Like, let's go on a bit of a personal level. Why do we do it? Why do we like it? I'll go first. I think for me, it's having a bit of a passion project that you can focus on. Like I said, this year I started my first full-time job. And if anyone's a grad teacher, you know that it's quite a challenging year. Um, It's a very demanding year. And I've had my own, you know, ups and downs with that experience. So having the pod to focus on is is a good sort of little piece of escapism. And especially as a grad teacher, you feel your confidence fluctuate a lot of times. So it's good to enter something like the podcast, which focuses on my strengths. And it sort of reiterates that I do have knowledge in these areas that, you know, I can present things and, and deliver a sophisticated product. So I think for me, having the pod is really important in that sense. It provides a bit of balance and also something that I can just throw myself into. Um, We write so many episodes that we are personally interested in and that play upon our own strengths. So it's just good to be able to sit and write about something we're so interested in or something that we've studied for years and years and years. Yeah, we always divvy up the episodes so that Tanya was writing about something that she's You know, it's usually the history stuff or the stuff that she's interested in. And then I write about my stuff because the episodes are always going to be better that way. Um, Yeah, for me, I think the pod, it kind of sounds tacky, but it was actually life-changing because when we started this podcast, I was like, I don't know what I want to do with my life. 
I was enjoying life. I just didn't know what I wanted to do with it. And then when I started the podcast, I'm like, wow, I'm really good at explaining things. Maybe I should be a teacher. And now I'm studying to do mm-hmm. that. So that's been awesome. I love writing the episodes. I love doing it with you because you're one of my oldest friends. And I love that it's made us closer because, yeah, you're just great to work with and I love you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like. We just have a very unwritten. We've, there's unwritten rules to our friendship and we sort of understand how each other function. So it's been good to deepen that and really get to know you more as a person and also a worker and, you know, a colleague in a way. Exactly. <laughs> a we partner. are colleagues now. How strange. Yeah. Um, but my absolute favourite part, I would say, is learning because I learned so much writing the episodes. I learned so much from Tan. I've learned so much about Australia and it's I come from like an international policy background, but the pandemic and staying in Australia and doing this podcast has just made me narrow into home. And now I'm gained such a passion for issues on this continent that I can see like coming with me through my whole life. And I can give that thanks to this podcast. And what I've also loved is that at the moment you're traveling Australia and you'll message me every couple of days being like, oh my God, look at what I've found out about what happens here in Darwin and how this relates to what we cover on the pod or or things that we've discussed. Um, We were talking the other day about over-policing in the Northern Territory and how that links into a lot of First Nations issues and um, incarceration rates. And Mm -hmm. it's sort of like every conversation we have now links to things that we've discussed on the pod. And I really like how all these issues intersect and, and we can always look back on what we've done on the pod to help us understand other issues too. So we are building our own knowledge at the same time, which is really exciting. Yeah, exactly. I would say there are definitely some challenging parts though. Like it does take a lot of work um, at the moment because I'm Mm. on the road. Sometimes it's really hard to find places to record or places to do things. But the challenges are definitely not outweighed by the benefits and it's not too hard. Um, Again, to talk about our friendship, it makes it a lot easier to do it with you because there's that Mm. friendship to always fall back on and like that level of respect. But yeah, it it is a lot of work. (laughs) I'm sure you guys can hear that, like the effort that's put in, but it's definitely worth it. Absolutely. What has been your favourite episode so far? I'm going to be a bit basic because this was one of the most popular episodes, but my favourite episode, I mean, it could be either the Tasmanian genocide one or our most recent one about the hunter-gatherer. Just, I think the Tasmanian genocide one was very thorough and we did, we researched it really well because we were really interested and we were able to tie in a bunch of different, um, like issues with First Nations history into it, which is why I think it was so popular because it's a great episode. Um, overall, I do like our Indigenous episodes because they're the ones that I get, like, especially from family, friends, feedback on saying, wow, I literally did have never heard of this before. Like, I did not know that this happened yeah. in this country. And that's why I think, like, I have a bit more fervor when it comes to those ones, because I know that it's knowledge that's not already common. Yeah. I was also going to say the Tasmanian genocide episode, but for different reasons. I think coming from two different history degrees, those episodes allow us to put on our historian hats the most because we're really using those historical processes of locating sources, analysing the sources, critically analysing our own thoughts at the same time and presenting this information. And the one thing I really, really love about the Tasmanian genocide episode is that we actually start the episode with a bit of a broader discussion about the ethics of history and the ethics of using 
colonizer perspectives. And we go on this unique discussion about how sources have their own histories. And it's so relevant today because people look upon sources as if they're non-biased. Um, what, what it is, is what you get. But there's so much behind each source. It has its own history that we need to look into. And I think that for me really solidified everything that I've studied in the past coming into practice today. Okay, Liam, what's your favourite episode? Yeah, so I kind of echo in both your guys' uh, favourite episode, probably the Tasmanian genocide. Um, I just like what Vanessa said about the feedback from her family friends, uh, from her family and friends. Like it's them saying, oh, I totally didn't know that. Like I had the same thing. Like I knew a little bit about it, but I knew nothing of the nuances about what happened, you know, and it was just really eye-opening for me. So that one was very like impactful to me. And also another one of my favourites probably recently was the Afghanistan episode, just editing that because it was such a current event. It was just quite emotional, you know, like seeing the scenes on the ground that was going on there, like seeing the videos and then just talking about it, like the history was just insane for me. And also it was just very informative. Like I knew nothing about the um, the Mujahideen and like how the Taliban came to be. And also that point where I think it was Tanya talked about Gough Whitlam. When do I ever not talk about She loves Gough Whitlam. Gough Whitlam. She's obsessed with him. <laughs> That's history, baby. <laughs> I like it. Keep the Gough Whitlam references coming. Oh, well, trust me, like, so, so much, many more where they came from. That was like one of my favourite parts of the episode because it was really interesting contrasting that kind of leader with what we have now and the differences. And when you pointed that out, I was like, yeah, you're quite right. Thanks. So those would probably be my favourite two episodes. Yeah. yeah. I think as well, sorry, quick note, one of my other favourite episodes was the one we did about the weather because we both had a conversation about how random it is that we're just focusing on weather and how it still plays into so many other issues we had spoken about, like trade and climate change and the difference between rural and regional and metropolitan Melbourne. It was so fascinating. So that was another one of my favourite episodes. So what's the most pressing issue facing Australia at the moment? I think I'll let you answer this one first, Tanya, just because you're in Melbourne and I'm in Darwin. So we've got like very different experiences of the country at the moment, because I think yours will probably be a bit covid and mine won't. So start us off. No, I think that's a very relevant point, because I do think mine is very COVID-related. I was going to say... Um, What's quite concerning for me is the growing distrust that seems to be emerging in relation to our government, some organisations and some of our leaders. And I'm not saying that this distrust or this lack of agreeance with the government never existed. Of course it has existed. And we've seen many manifestations of that throughout our history, you know, whether that's the Vietnam protests or things like that. But it is quite concerning to see the shift in what was, I guess, the Australian landscape in the 80s when we had a Prime Minister like Bob Hawke, who was so loved by the public. Bob Bob Hawke is like cult icon now. 
and the way he captivated Australian audiences, the way he related to Australian people and the way people responded to him, I think it's so dramatically different to the way we respond to our leaders now. Even John Howard, when we look back at John Howard, although he was quite controversial with some of his perspectives on things, especially in relation to First Nations issues, he still was one of our longest serving prime ministers. And I think there was a sense that he was doing things right and he had everything in control. Yet I look at our leaders now and I don't know whether we have the same opinions towards our recent prime ministers. A reminder too that we've had like seven different prime ministers over, I would say, 10 years or so. So it is quite concerning where we're going to go and how that might radicalise some people Obviously, we don't know what's going to happen. And I think such a shift will take a few generations, especially in relation to our very um, dominant Labor liberal split. I think overcoming that sort of bi-party government will take many, many generations to come. But I do think about a day where perhaps another independent or another party might come into power and how that might impact our landscape. Yeah, I think that's not just a thing that's happening in Australia. Like I've always got this international politics perspective and that's definitely a thing that's happening worldwide because people are seeing themselves as like global citizens and they think they're entitled to their own freedoms, whereas maybe previously people had a respect for like the institution of governance. Um, Yes. So I think you're definitely right, but I think it's worldwide and I think it's probably a sweep that can't be stopped, (laughs) if I'm being completely honest. Um, I think that's probably what I would have said as well if I was home. But what I think about most lately, because I've been traveling through like rural, remote Australia, and just seeing the difference in standard of living, services, um, like you mentioned before, how people are policed and their freedoms, um, to me, like inequality in this country is the big problem. You know, I'm a city person and I, I always thought, you know, people in the country, they're just complaining, you know, it can't be so bad. It shocks me that people that live in not so much regional, but remote and rural areas pay the same level as tax as someone that lives in, for example, Melbourne, and they get nothing for it. They get literally nothing for it. They don't get a road. They don't get a hospital. They get nothing. And they have nothing. And this is in our own country. Like some of the things that I've seen over the past couple months, I just would not have thought that it could happen in Australia. Yeah. And I remember you were saying that you were in a town, I think in Queensland or Northern New South Wales, and you pointed this out to me. You said, if we have like a pothole in our roads in Melbourne, we'll call the council, they'll get it fixed instantly. But that sort of infrastructure isn't really reciprocated in rural and remote areas. And ever since I heard that, I haven't been able to get it out of my mind at times. And I do often think about the differences in the way that I'm currently living in your experiences at the moment. It is a really, really fascinating thing to look into. Yeah, exactly. That was a, one of my first catalysts of like, whoa, this is a really big difference in um, access to resources in the same country. And it's, yeah, that thought has just become more reoccurring once I've gone more and more remote. And, you know, this relates to people experiencing poverty, um, especially with First Nations people living in remote communities, because I've seen that firsthand and I have a really different understanding of the issues now. Um, but yeah, if I'm going to think of one issue that's pressing, it is that 
I don't know how it could be solved. I don't know how it relates to this. Yeah, and it falls so much into why, especially people in regional, remote and rural areas, are quite disillusioned with the government and why they feel as though their needs aren't being met because clearly they aren't if they're still living um, with those standards. So once again, it plays into so many other issues we speak about, such as, you know, regional differences, voting trends, um, important issues in different electorates, all these different things. It's it's wild to think how our different experiences can lead to so many other differences in our lives. Yeah, and I'm going to make a reel about this, so hopefully I make it before we post this episode so I don't give it away. But I was um, in Catherine in the Northern Territory and there to buy alcohol in the bottle shop, there's a police man standing at the front of the bottle shop who takes down your name, exactly what you're buying, where you're going to drink it, and he can refuse you entry if he doesn't want you to drink. And I was reflecting on this and then thinking about the protests in Melbourne about freedoms and, you know, these protests are happening because people are worried about their freedoms during COVID lockdowns, whereas in the same country, you can't even buy a beer if the policeman doesn't like you, you know, and this is a completely different concept of freedom in the exact same country. And that's kind of the point that I'm trying to hone in on there. Yeah. Definitely. Liam, what do you think? You're a bit of a lay person in this conversation. What do you think is concerning you at the moment with Australia? Yeah, I was like, I was really feeling what you were saying, Tanya, about um, just the the distrust in our democratic institutions, just from like just poor leadership, just causing everyday people to be not satisfied with what's going on. And when that happens, it makes them a lot more vulnerable for more radical ideologies to kind of groom them, I guess. I don't know if that's like a pressing issue facing Australia and like I'm just reacting emotionally to that and it's kind of a vocal minority that is that that's happening to. So I don't know if it's a pressing issue, but it's something that I'm very worried about. It's it's definitely a wider Mm. issue because Vanessa recommended a podcast a couple weeks ago called The Rabbit Hole by um, New York Times and they discuss how when people are often in vulnerable positions or they've been impacted by government decisions, that they're more likely to uptake information that can lead to radicalised views. So I guess what's sort of happening in Australia is also being echoed worldwide, so we have to see where that goes. All right, to wrap this pod up, where is our future heading? What does the future of this podcast look like? I mean, I'm not much of a planner, so my ideas for the future are a bit general, but obviously I'd like to grow the podcast. Like I'd love to grow our listeners and get more people exposed to the things that we're talking about. I've, I've thought about sometimes like would I want it to be like a big thing, like be like our jobs one day. And I'm not like actually, shameless, like yeah. a shameless podcast, <laughs> like shameless, but a bit more educational. No shade on shameless. Love yeah. shameless. No, we love shameless, but to the point where they are their own sort of influences because of their podcast. Yeah. I think that's interesting. I don't think I would enjoy that lifestyle, but I would love it if it was, you know, um, 
maybe making us a bit of money and we had a big listenership and, you know, it was like a really, it was a proper thing. It is a proper thing, but you know, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, one thing I would really love to do is to write a book, like release a book about some key Australian issues, like sort of like a short book that just has like a pa- double page on each issue or something um, that you buy someone for Christmas or, you know, a little gift. Yeah. That's something I want to do in the future. Um, when I have time, <laughs> when we have time, yeah. sorry. When we um, have time. And speaking about time, <laughs> I think the one thing I would like is to build our team. I want to really grow our team. You know, we brought Liam on board, even though we didn't, you know, reach out to him directly. He did become a part of our team indirectly. And having him part of the team has been so helpful and so beneficial. And I would love to see our little Australia Explained pod community grow, especially within our sort of socials and our marketing. So if anyone's out there listening and you've got skills in those areas and you'd love to volunteer your time, get in contact with us because we'd love to have you on board. Um, But I'd love to make this a bit more of a collaborative effort and we even love when we have guest interviews or we have guest speakers on the pod as well because it just feels like we're we're broadening our community. Um, So I would really, really love to see that. Yeah, we love guests, but it's really hard to actually find guests. So if anyone thinks that they would be a good guest or knows people that might be interesting guests that are experts or um, have personal knowledge in some of these areas, like please send them over because we love talking to people. Um, We don't know everything, so (laughs) it's good to talk to other people sometimes. Yeah. And Liam, what's the – what? What can you bring to the future of the pod? Yeah. Yeah. From a sound perspective, uh, besides like new equipment and like upgrading all that stuff, I mean, you know, that's pretty straightforward. Um, Just like from a production standpoint on like the podcast, I would love to see like sound and music more incorporated than it is. Like we have the, 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 um, the song that plays through the segments and I love that that breaks up the podcast into little chunks and you can kind of like digest each one and understand the points you're saying a lot easier. Like I would like to take that a bit further, like have more motifs for different segments. Say like if there's an on the street segment, you know, some some content I watch, if they go on the street, they have like on the street, that kind of thing. <laughs> and then yeah. they do the interview, something like that. Obviously not on the street, but like a little sound like, <laughs> Something along that vibe. Would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, we did do some street interviews recently and we sort of took it to the streets, but it would have been good to have that sort of transition and that like musical interlude in the background. Yeah, that could be cool to introduce. Um, I was also thinking of our episode we did about the sexual assault allegations and how we included audio clippings of things that Brittany Higgins and Scott Morrison had said. And I really liked that because it, it breaks up our voice a little bit. Instead of just saying, you know, Scott Morrison said this, we got to hear ScoMo himself. And it's, I like that. We should yeah. do that a bit more often. Yeah. So that's why having someone like Liam on board can help broaden our horizons too and, and implement new ideas. So if you want to be a part of that, let us know. We'd be happy to have you. And... That's it from us today. Thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for supporting us over the past year. We definitely wouldn't be here if it weren't for all of you listening, leaving reviews, ratings, Instagram comments, everything like that. So thank you very much. 
Yes, and always, please like, follow, subscribe on everything. Instagram, um, Apple Music, Spotify, all of the things. Leave a review if you can. Um, It's really appreciated. And the best thing always is word of mouth. Do you like our podcast? Tell someone. Tell your mum. Tell your friend. Tell your boyfriend's auntie. Tell anybody on the street. It's a good podcast. I've stuck stickers all over the country about our podcast. They have like a little QR code and you click on it. It goes straight to our podcast. So if you're ever in a public toilet around Australia, you'll probably see them. Um, So yeah, spread the word. (laughs) Spread the word. Um, That's all we can ask of you. We're happy to keep giving you our research and our intellect. Just share the word. Yeah. And... If you're wanting more sweet, simple Aussie content, you can follow our Instagram at Australia Explain Pod. We are quite active on our Instagram too, so join our journey there. I think that's it for today. So we're all going to say goodbye now. We will see you again in two weeks. Bye. Bye. Bye.